0: Hello and welcome to Make It Clear, a conversational podcast about all things related to water and wastewater. I'm your host, Angela Bounds, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Rapp. In each episode, we'll tackle a relevant topic with facts and expert opinions and make things clear. Hello, and thank you for joining us again. Today, we're going to talk about nutrients and nutrient removal from wastewater. Nutrient removal is always a hot topic of conversation. So, today joining us is Bill Hensley. Bill works as a senior systems engineer in our international region. Hi, Bill.
1: Hey, Angela. Thanks for inviting me to join today.
0: Of course. Bill is a wealth of knowledge. Bill, what year did you start at Aranko?
1: 92.
0: Right. So, 30 years ago. Bill started working actually out in our shops. Funny story, we used to sometimes transfer calls out to him when they would come in about particular products that he was well-versed in and (laughs) built on a regular basis. So uh, he has really grown up in the company much like I have. So thanks for being here, Bill.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be here. Nice opportunity to to talk about, as you mentioned, a topic that we it, that tends to come up quite often.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's dive into it. Can you? Why don't we list first off some of the common nutrients found in wastewater?
1: Sure, sure. So you know, there's a whole slew, a whole list of nutrients, but. The primary ones are nitrogen, sulfur, phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, calcium, iron, sodium, and chloride, and and there's a whole continuing list of other minor nutrients as well.
0: Right, and so all of those nutrients are vital. Right.
1: That's, yeah, that's that's correct. Really, you know, the microorganisms because this is biological treatment mm-hmm. to treat. Nitrogen and wastewater in general, mm-hmm. we have to have a certain, certain level of, of nutrients to support the biology within the system. And that's mm-hmm. true of any type of wastewater biology system. Mm-hmm. And so when we are dealing with like domestic wastewater that's basically coming from toilets and mm-hmm. typical homes, then there's generally sufficient levels of nutrients. And mm-hmm. so we don't have to worry too much about those, but where it can start getting difficult is when we start focusing on treating projects like industrial facilities that mm-hmm. may lack sufficient nutrients for biological treatment right. to occur.
0: So which nutrients are of particular concern?
1: Well, so the two nutrients that are most problematic in areas right now are nitrogen and phosphorus.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: That's if they're released in excess concentrations. That's where they can become problematic for environmentally.
0: Right. So let's talk about that. So what what does this mean for us? What effects do nitrogen and phosphorus have on the environment?
1: Well, you know nitrogen. It's important to understand it can be found in a variety of forms. You know throughout the treatment process, and the most common forms throughout the wastewater. Treatment processes ammonia, ammonium, nitrite, nitrate, and then, of course, nitrogen gas. Uh, We're Mm -hmm. all familiar with nitrogen gas because it makes up about 78% of our atmosphere. So, nitrogen in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's there. But where it can be problematic is nitrogen in certain forms can be toxic to fish and other aquatic organisms, such as when it's in the form of ammonia ammonium or nitrite. Mm -hmm. And so that's why that's a constituent of concern. Um, We also hear quite a bit about nitrate. Now, nitrate is, when we think of nitrate, you might think of fertilizer because fertilizers are very high in nitrates because they help with Mm -hmm. plant growth. But discharging excess concentrations of that at or near waterways can result in algae blooms. excessive Mm -hmm. plant growth. And what ends up happening is during the non-daylight hours, so during the night, they actually take up oxygen that's in that water and they can create hypoxic zones to where the fish and the other organisms in there can actually suffocate. So that's why it can be problematic and we have to be careful about how much we're discharging. Also, I mentioned phosphorus. Right, Phosphorus in wastewater is also, it's found in a variety of types. For example, there's orthophosphate, there's polyphosphate, and then there's organic phosphate. And it's the inorganic forms of phosphorus that we're primarily concerned with. And and I mentioned with nitrogen, excessive levels of that can result in algae blooms and hypoxic. It right. was the same exact situation with excesses. Excessive phosphorus in waterways as well.
0: Right. So, what let's talk about the treatment systems that work best for reducing nutrients.
1: Yeah, that's a a really good question. And, you know, it's probably good to go through and just kind of discuss a brief overview of the processes involved Mm -hmm. with nutrient removal because. Most biological wastewater treatment systems can do some form of it. Some do better than others or operate more efficiently than others. But, you know, one thing I think that's really important to understand is that the two processes that are used to convert nitrogen into a safe form is done through a nitrification stage and then Mm -hmm. a denitrification stage, because really the goal is to get that nitrogen back up into the atmosphere, back into its gaseous form as much as possible. And, of course, most of the nitrogen that enters into the wastewater system, it's in the form of ammonia. And so the first step that we have to do is to convert that ammonia into a different form. And those different forms would be converting it into nitrite and then into nitrate which is the most Mm -hmm. oxidized form of nitrogen. Right. And that's done through the nitrification process. So that process, Mm -hmm. it involves there's a lot of things that
0: yeah that are involved. (laughs) It can get really dense. We have (laughs) we have hours of trainings (laughs) dedicated to the nitrification process.
1: That's exactly right. And you know, like one of the things that needs to happen before we can ele- even start to, to do a very effective job with nitrification is we have to have the water pretty clean of most of the organic material. So in a biological mm-hmm. treatment plant, before you start seeing really nitrification occur, you, start, you, you have to have really pretty clean water. So you'll see like BOD reductions and things like that. That's when you start seeing nitrification rates that are going to increase, and that's because the nitrifying bacteria don't compete very well with the carbon-eating or the organic-eating bacteria. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of, of air, it takes a lot of oxygen, excuse me, to convert that ammonia into nitrate. Matter of fact, it takes about uh, four and a half milligrams of of Mm -hmm. oxygen for every milligram of ammonia that we have to convert. And so, you know, when we think about, well, what's the most efficient way to do that? Well, a lot of treatment plants, of course, have suspended growth and they're using blowers, compressors, injectors to actually inject oxygen and air Mm -hmm. down into the wastewater stream. But, you know, water is... Naturally, an anaerobic environment. It doesn't right. hold a lot of air. And mm-hmm. so you have to inject a lot of air into the water. And, matter of fact, yep. you know, just as an example, the amount of oxygen that can be held within water is dependent on temperature, elevation, yep. salinity of the water. And mm-hmm. so, if you start looking at it, I mean, for example, at sea level, At perfect conditions, you know, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees Celsius, you know, the most oxygen you're gonna have in water is about just about nine milligrams per liter. Mm -hmm. So if you start thinking, well, wait a minute, typical domestic wastewater has anywhere from 20 to 85 milligrams of um, nitrogen. Well, that right there is two to almost 10 times the amount of oxygen you can even inject in water. Mm-hmm. And so you can start seeing real quick we it's impossible to inject as much oxygen in one fell swoop. So it, these aeration systems have to run a lot to inject a lot of air for this to be done. Right. So those type of systems tend to not be very efficient whereas if we think about well what is naturally an aerobic mm-hmm. environment? Well our, our atmosphere, right? Right, right. I, I mean, our atmosphere's got about what 21% uh, oxygen. Mm-hmm. And so it's much more efficient to take that wastewater after most of the organic material has been removed and right. then to spray that in small mm-hmm. enough particles that we can expose that to the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a way that we can very efficiently. And cost-effectively get plenty of oxygen to the to the wastewater to allow for BOD reduction as well as nitrification. Mm-hmm. And you know the other thing that we've talked a little bit about. Okay, well, here's nitrification. Well, we have to have the right type of nitrifiers. They're also temperature mm-hmm. resistant. Mm-hmm. And so, or not temperature resistant. They 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 don't cope well. It's
0: a delicate process. This is not a, this is not a shot in the dark. This is not a, it's not a simple process. It is, it's complicated. That's
1: exactly right. You know, so there's some, some things that have to be taken into mind. If, if you're working in an area that can get pretty cold during the winter months, Mm -hmm. that temperature can adversely impact nitrification. So that's something that has to be taken into consideration in the design of the treatment plants as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about the nitrification. That's the one aspect of it, right? Right. But then we have that whole denitrification portion of it. And the, mm-hmm. the way for us to denitrify is actually, in some ways, easier to comp- to understand, get our brains mm-hmm. wrapped around it. Because, you know, the, the microbes that are responsible for denitrification, they're carbon eaters you know, like us,
0: Mm -hmm. the bugs, the
1: bugs. Yeah. And, and Mm -hmm. they need oxygen to consume organic material, just like we do. I appreciated how, uh, how a professor worded it one time, he was comparing it to throwing pizzas in, you know, the dorm room of some college students and (laughs) they'll chow down as long as there's air in there, but they start getting pretty sleepy. And of course they're not disposing of that pizza quite as fast as (laughs) the air's getting depleted. (laughs) So it's the same type of thing. But the the thing is that for us to get denitrification, those carbon-eating bugs need oxygen from somewhere. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So what we do is we take this highly nitrified form of nitrogen, which is nitrate, which has oxygen molecules attached to it, and we send that back to a highly anaerobic area. Uh, so there's not free oxygen available, but there's plenty mm-hmm. of food for the microbes. So the what the microbes do is they're in search of some oxygen so they can keep even eating. So they strip the oxygen off the nitrate. Mm-hmm. They're converting it to nitrogen gas. And so an easy way to do that and a really efficient place to do that is at the headworks of a wastewater treatment plant. So that's why we return that nitrified wastewater back to the headworks of, of a, a, of a a wastewater treatment plant. Right now. So what?
0: Yes. So what about phosphorus? What do you do for phosphorus?
1: Yeah. So for phosphorus, you know, of course, we talked a little bit earlier about how microbes need nutrients, right? Well, Mm -hmm. phosphorus is one of the nutrients that microbes require. Mm -hmm. So. The problem is where we have an excessive amount of phosphorus, more than the microbes need, right, for Mm -hmm. for microbial population and microbial uptake. So, what some wastewater treatment processes do, they actually produce excessive amounts of microbes. The microbes take up that phosphorus, and then there's more microbes than they actually need for their wastewater treatment. So, they what they do is they remove that or it's called wasting some of that excessive material. Now what's done in some other plants is they can utilize a chemical precipitation Mm -hmm. and, and that process, a a chemical precipitant, something that the phosphorus is actually going to be attracted to and, and, and will bind to material such as like, alum or lime or ferric chloride, will use that. And the phosphorus will bind to that. And now it's heavy enough that it settles out into mm-hmm. the bottom of the tank. So once we get enough settled out, then that material can then be removed and, and taken taken away to somewhere where it's not a concern.
0: Right. So let's talk about nutrient discharge limits. All treatment plants, some treatment plants.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So it's not, there aren't nutrient limits in every treatment plant that we mm-hmm. that we work in. Where it becomes problematic is when we're near wells or where we're in our water body streams, estuaries. Because as we were talking about before, the concern is that maybe we could have excessive algae blooms or mm-hmm. a plant growth near those waterways. And so that's Mm -hmm. why quite often we'll see nutrient limits in those type of locations.
0: Right. So what are some particular things that people who live with septic systems should do?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that we were talking about is nitrogen enters into the wastewater stream primarily in the form of ammonia so like ammonia-based cleaners are used quite a, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So individuals can eliminate the use of those ammonia-based cleaners. That would be something that would be very helpful. right? And as far as phosphorus goes, you know, we're seeing it not as much of a concern here in the States, but phosphorus was one of the things that was found in many of the washing detergents, and it still mm-hmm. is in some areas. So another thing that individuals do could do is make sure that they use phosphorus or phosphate-free detergents.
0: Right. It's kind of crazy where phosphorus or phosphate is. Once you start looking for it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's in a lot of stuff.
1: You start reading the labels and you realize that really yeah, quick.
0: You do. So, is there anything else that you think people should know about nutrient removal?
1: Well, you know, as you mentioned, it's a really, it can be a fairly complex topic mm-hmm. and we've just kind of scratched That's the surface like,
0: on really a have. lot of it. Yeah.
1: But, you know, I think one of the things that that is it's important to understand is that we, we don't actually get rid of this. We don't, right. it's not like we're getting rid yeah. of nitrogen. We're not getting rid of phosphorus. We're just trying to transform it into a, a nitrogen into a state that it's no longer an environmental threat. And for phosphorus, it's not a bad thing as long as we can get the concentrations down to a point that they can it can be utilized. Mm-hmm. So you know, when we think about tr- wastewater treatment, you know, using that word wastewater is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. You know, right? It's really a resource.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, we have done the condensed version, like nutrients in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the surface. We have entire papers and webinars and training sessions dedicated to nutrients, their impacts, and how to, how to treat them. You can always find those at www.arenco.com backslash webinars, all of our webinars live and recorded are listed there so you can find them. Thank you so much, Bill, for coming in.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. It's nice to to visit with you and and talk about something that I would say is, like I said, it it comes up all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. We want to thank you again for joining us today. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe where you listen to podcasts so you're notified when new episodes are posted. Also, you can leave your comments or suggestions through the contact link on our website, www.orenko.com. Until next time, have a great day.